What does it mean to live together? On this land? In, in this, this place? place? Burnt Thicket Theatre presents We, we Treaty, Treaty People. People. Audio dramas exploring what it means to embrace all our relations. Welcome back for our conversation with the artists from last episode. Do you remember? My name is Yvette Nolan, and I'm the production dramaturge for We Treaty People. My name is Stephen Walchmidt. I'm the artistic director of Burnt Thicket Theatre. Part of my personal journey in recent years has been about learning to see the history of Canada from Indigenous perspectives and unlearning cultural assumptions and practices I've received in my Eurocentric heritage. Of course, this learning and unlearning are ongoing. As a company, Burnt Thicket is seeking to respond to the Truth and Reconciliation Commission's call to action number 83 to support good ways for Indigenous and non-Indigenous artists to collaborate in making theatre that contributes to reconciliation in these lands called Canada. In our live shows after Curtain Call, we encourage audiences and artists to engage with each other, with the story, and with their real lives outside the theatre. Given that these are digital performances, we hope this conversation with the artists will expand your reflection about the play. We'd like to invite you to learn more. Check out the resources and suggestions in the episode description and our website. We encourage you to talk about the play with your friends, to chat with us on Facebook or in our virtual talkbacks on Zoom. Or by leaving a response on our website. We want to hear what you think. And now, recorded on Treaty 6 territory, we bring you a conversation with the artists from Do You Remember? Well, so this is... Uh our artists' conversation, and I'm really happy to have everybody here. We just finished our recording of Joel Peters' audio play, Do You Remember? And um, first I'll just ask us to go around and just say your name and your role or you know what, what you did on the production. And I'm Stephen Walchman, and I was the stage manager on the show. Why don't we go this way? I'm Dawn Bird. I'm the director on the show. I'm Nicole Aiken, and I play the character Mouse. I'm Kristen Friday, and I played Caroline. Hi, I'm Sam Flamont, and I played Porkchop, the community member. <laughs> I'm Tim Bratton, I'm the sound engineer for this. And I'm Liz Johnson, I play Paulette. Good. Go ahead, Joelle, you too, yeah. I'm Joelle Peters, and I'm the playwright. Thanks, everybody. Yeah. We want to invite you to uh, to consider these questions before we hear from our artists. What surprised you as you experienced Do You Remember? Or is there a line or an image from the play that has really stuck with you? Um, what surprised me is that Caroline has a child and so um, when you go through her character she's a little bit bitter and I feel like that kind of plays a, a big thing you know um, just like feeling the abandonment you know getting her child you know taken and all of a sudden her friend who just left and without 
saying anything, right? So, yeah, yeah I really, that surprised me too. Mm. Yeah, and actually on the, more specifically, a, a line that stuck out, you know, it actually comes from Carolyn as well, where it was sort of like, a, you know, for me it was the line about, um, you know, I thought we would all grow old together, and, you know, that's something that I'm kind of, you know, going through a little bit myself with my kind of maybe more childhood, high school-ish era friends. So, you know, it's kind of like, oh, you know, this is kind of hitting a little more personal. I'm sure maybe we might go into that a little more with some of the following questions, but, you know, that's kind of where it was at for me. I'm not sure if anybody else caught this or not, or maybe it was just me who this affected. Um, like, it affected me in a certain way when this happened. Like, and I know that we've done it over and over again, but at the point where Paula closes the door on Mouse, she shuts the door on her. And I find that it's very metaphorical because basically Mouse shut the door on her friends. And now it's being done back to her, but in a metaphorical way. And I think that spreads a really strong message about how quickly things can change, even if you don't intend them to. And how you deal with that is an important choice in your life. Mm. And Paula, the keep the peace, you know, person. And so, you know, she, it almost throws her back into like her childhood of teasing, teasing her friend Mouse. And, you know, that's, that's kind of why I maybe decided to maybe giggle and laugh at that situation because we did that as kids too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm. I wanted to get a reaction out of her. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I guess one of the things that really surprised me was when I read through the play for the first time and I got to Paula's monologue where she's talking about um, the loss of her sister, I couldn't believe how much emotion I felt reading that for the first time. Like, I just thought, wow, this is really great writing, and I'm so excited to be a part of this. I think when you feel any type of emotion like that, just from, like, a single reading, it's so powerful. That's true, Nicole. The, the first couple times that I read through it, I remember it's I had to, I had to check myself from not breaking down because it, it was so emotional. I pictured my sister... And, you know, my, she stole my clothes all the time, <laughs> but it's, you know, it's, I, I, it's, it just became a part of me. And yeah, it's that one specifically for me was really hard, really hard not to cry. Yeah. I was surprised at how well everybody got cast in their roles. <laughs> like, it's like. I couldn't picture you as anybody else but Carolyn. I can't picture you as anyone else but Mouse. I can't picture... You know what I mean? Like, everybody was cast just right. Like, if we swapped the roles and gave you that role and that role, it just... It wouldn't work. The the dynamics wouldn't feel right. So that surprised me at how well everybody just kind of fit into their roles. That's cool. We can come back to any any of those questions, but why don't we, uh, why don't we ask you, Joelle, as the playwright... We were curious to hear, what was your inspiration in writing the script? That's a, a really great question. And outside of the one that you asked me about the series, you know, like, we're all treaty people, or how do we all come together? When I, when I thought about that, I guess it, it brought me back to childhood friends almost immediately. And maybe it was something that I had already been thinking of or or I'm not really sure but 
yeah, it brought me back to my own childhood friends and the way that, yeah, things just kind of ended. We all picked up our lives and and continued on. And it's kind of sad, but at the same time, it's kind of just how life goes. And I thought, so if we're, we're thinking about this, how, like this connection that we all have as treaty people, this kind of feels like something that a lot of people go through. And, and Sam even saying that, that he's going through it with his own friends. It's relatable. It's very prevalent in people's lives. And it was something I was curious about. I started thinking, whoa, what about if I had to come face to face with these friends that I grew up with? What would that look like? And then it it took on its own life and the way that each of you, I'm sure, brought your own perspectives and experiences in further changes it and grows the script. So I would, yeah, my, my inspiration really stems from, yeah, childhood friendships. Thanks, Joelle. I can't wait for you to hear it. <laughs> I know, me too. <gasps> Good. It's good. Well, here's a question that Yvette really wanted to ask. She couldn't be here with us, but um, how are you connected to the land and to communities around you? Well, I know how I'm connected to this land, which is really ironic because I grew up in Nelson, British Columbia. And when I decided that I wanted to move, I didn't know where. I just asked my boss to transfer me anywhere. He said, okay, I'll send you to Saskatchewan. Huh. I was like, where's that? <laughs> you know, like, I didn't know anything about Saskatchewan, <coughs> but I ended up coming here. And... I found it to be very interesting because I thought all of my family was from British Columbia. But then dad revealed to me that my grandmother, who's Cree, was from Lily Plains, Saskatchewan, which is a reserve that no longer exists. It was about 40 kilometers north of PA. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm back at my roots. Mm -hmm. And I have always felt like I never belonged in BC. I always felt like I was a diamond in the rough and then I just, nobody had found me yet and weren't looking. But as soon as I came to Saskatchewan, <coughs> I felt like I found my place and never have I ever felt like I've belonged anywhere before until I came here and I would never go. I would never want to leave this place, ever. Yeah, I second that. Well, um, I feel like when I go out traveling, I'll be like the, surrounded by beautiful mountains, right? But then when you come home and you see your prairies, it's like, oh, I'm home, right? <laughs> it's just a sense of relief and just, you know, a connection to um, your homelands, right? So yeah. definitely I can understand where you're coming from. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Yeah, you know, I was born here in Treaty 4 myself, you know, always kind of grew up in southern Saskatchewan, you know, and I'd be lying if I said I don't think that's played a little bit of a part into my identity growing up and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I've always kind of wanted to give back to that community uh, here in southern Saskatchewan. And, uh, you know, even when I was younger, kind of working on projects, I'd try and get the food bank involved if I could. Because, you know, I've had 
family members in the past who have kind of needed to use those kind of services. And yeah, I think just growing up, you kind of realize, you know, maybe one day you can give back and that might just be the coolest thing you could ever do. So that's kind of the little journey I'm on now. And hopefully uh, I can start making a bit of a bigger impact into my local communities sometime soon, just for the sake of the good people and the people around, you know, and that's kind of where I'm at with community and land and such. Right on. Thanks. I guess I can just add a little bit without telling my whole life story, but um, probably just over the last, I would say, 15 years, I didn't know what how I was connected. Mm. I didn't know what um, really what my identity was um, because I had a father that left early and he had passed early and my mom and my family never talked about their like where they came from i was born in calgary we moved out to bc we had family kind of all over the place um and then we came to saskatchewan and it's i don't know some something just told me that i needed to maybe look into it more because all of a sudden it's i was finding that we had relatives that born in Saskatchewan but they never talked about that they just talked about where they currently lived which wasn't in Saskatchewan mm. and um, you know just with with speaking with some family members and and uh, doing some genealogy I found that yeah like this this is where we came from like my family my mom's my mom's parents were Métis they never spoke of it. They came from Red River and they, you know, migrated over to the PA area and they created their own settlement there, the Pocha settlement, and that's where they met with several Metis families and, you know, just kind of gathered forces together and their people together to to carry on their families and they kind of all married each other and you know grew up with each other and we didn't we just missed that piece it was never passed on to us mm. so um i have a deep sense of connection now to saskatchewan than i ever have you know um, over these past 15 years and um so i'm looking forward to you know uh, this summer i want to go and i want to see like where their <laughs> where where their homesteads were, where they're buried, mm. you know, it's yeah. all in that Batosh area there that I've never been as a child, but my mom started talking about, oh yeah, we used to go here and we used to do this and we know these people and it's like why didn't you share that with me? Because that's a part of of my history and mm. that's we made that area mm -hmm. what it is today. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for sharing. Uh, so I was um, born and raised in Regina, Saskatchewan, and both of my grandparents attended residential school. So I grew up um, going to church and I knew nothing about my culture or my history. Um, it wasn't until university where I, I started to learn about colonization and just the, the impact of residential schools. 
And it's been really nice because my mother and I have been on this journey together. So we're both learning Cree and we both have a goal of being fluent one day and we're attending ceremonies and just, um, I've been learning so many different teachings about Mother Earth and how that is our mother and we must protect her and it's just a really beautiful way of life having that understanding that everything has a spirit, rocks, trees, everything is living and just to try and leave this land better than the way you, better than when you What's, how does that saying go? Yeah, better than when you found it, yeah. when you arrived, or yeah. I don't know. Yeah, That's beautiful. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. There's a follow-up question to that. How could you be more connected to this land, to community? And Joelle, if, if you have thoughts you want to add to, please do. Sure, yeah. I might just add with um, the previous how you're connected to the land because I find it's challenging sometimes being in the city to find that connection to the land. You know, there's just so much concrete (laughs) and more condos are coming up and it just feels like there's less personality than there was when I first moved here. And I really do miss home a lot. I, I come from Walpole Island, like growing up surrounded by water and and grass and animals everywhere. <laughs> so I think for me, I go to the water when I'm feeling a bit overwhelmed by the city or, you know, missing home. It's finding water because it just reminds me that like like it's not forever you'll be able to go home soon and it's just that that bit of comfort for me I myself try to remember to be thankful to the creator whenever I go out and about whether it's for the trees or the grass or um, you know animals nature a good example is because I work full-time in the film industry I'm always on the go, uh, but occasionally we get to film in exterior surroundings that, um, you know, we've been graciously lent, Um, you know, a lot of times municipalities allow you to shoot there for free, but you have to respect the property and take care of it when you're there. So I bring sage with me and I may, I might get, I sprinkle it. And if it happens to be a frozen lake, I'll sprinkle mm. it on the lake and then I'll thank the creator and ask for protection. And, you know, just be cognizant that this doesn't belong to us mm. and that we're here for a short time and we need to be thankful and, and uh, not take advantage uh, regardless of what it is that you do with your life. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Thanks. I think, one thing I've become increasingly aware of is like wanting to have greater connection to to the diversity of the people in the place that I am, but not always knowing the context of how to connect with that. Because so I think we all tend to kind of just, you know, get get stuck in our own little bubbles of, of people or ideas and, and how those things overlap. But it's tricky sometimes to know is like what's the context or what's the space in which I can meet around a table and share and get to know uh, different stories, different people, and uh, trying to seek those out. And I think part of the beauty of being a part of 
this process of making we treaty people is that it's really broadened the table in terms of I've met so many different artists that are largely from here in Saskatchewan and many whom I hadn't worked with at all before, including all, almost all of you aside from Steve. It was just been wonderful to, to connect to a broader range of folk that are here connected to this place and most connected in a, in a very deep way. And that's, that's great. And I want to continue to find more contexts where I can have those relationships and develop and, and then believe that that's part of what can connect me to this, this place, this community. I'll ask this this other question, but we can anybody can jump back in if you had a thought about something previous and you want to go back to it, and and Tim can edit out the awkward silence. Yeah, don't worry. If, if, you know, <laughs> That's my <laughs> So, some elders understand the spirit of treaty as adoption, as a good way to welcome strangers as family, or as all our relations. Yet we have not fulfilled those relationships across these lands called Canada. Our series title, We Treaty People, is an unfinished declaration inviting all of us forward to lean into treaty relationships as one of many paths toward reconciliation. Kind of a long preamble, but here's the question. <laughs> How has telling this story affected the ways you see other people or what the phrase all my relations means for you? Well, just to chime in a little bit, I guess as a Métis sort of guy myself, it's really nice to uh, be working on more Indigenous content. You know, myself, it's kind of always been nice to, you know, I kind of like you were saying, growing up in the city, it's not like, you know, you see, maybe I should just say for my family anyways, but we didn't really see a lot of that more traditional side of things. I mean, I'm going on the Métis thing, I'm actually wearing my shirt, better show it to the camera, with chap voice. That's where me and my dad are from. And... Uh, yeah, you know, with that said, we didn't really spend a whole lot of time like out on the res or any sort of stuff like that until I kind of got a little older. So just, you know, being able to work on projects like this really does kind of, you know, just kind of bring me to my roots a little closer, I feel. Yeah, I, I agree, Sam. Like with my family, like even growing up as a child, I found that our, our family was very private about who they were and who they shared with and it's once we gathered in a spot and we closed the door we were free to play the fiddle music and my grandpa and grandma they like they both jigged and I remember as a child like there I'd be like trying to do those dances I didn't know what I was doing because I didn't know exactly what it was but we just we had our traditions, but we were like, they were, they always want to be in a safe space and they always wanted to feel that, and maybe it's just like kind of what they went through in history of just never feeling like they were quite belonging, you know. Um, I the, the my great grandmother, she was, um, she was First Nation, she was treaty, but she was, she was 12 years old and she had to give up her Indian rights because she was being adopted. Mm. And I found those papers recently and it's every time I go back and I like look at this history of 
what's happened and it's like I, I it, it makes me understand why they were so guarded about who they shared with but you know she she had to give all of that up as a child and it was then it was never talked about again you know like mm. my my mom had no idea and so me showing this to my mom for the first time and her getting emotional about it because she had no idea you know that that's what her grandmother went through so it's maybe I'm going off track here, but it's just like it's like finding those those connections, and it's you know you have the connection, but you didn't like you know I had cousins on reserve, but we never went to reserve. We didn't, you know, my mom didn't have that connection, so she didn't know. Like we were never raised that way, mm -hmm. and once my grandfather and grandmother passed, all of those traditions went away all of, like everything mm. so i feel that i'm i'm starting to take it up now and it goes back to your other question it's like how do you like what can you do to to connect and to learn and so you know i'm trying to educate myself and i'm i'm um i took that class like through the university of alberta yeah. and i just like any opportunity that i can learn about my culture and my people um I, I do try to take that now, but it's it's nice to be a part of something that that Dawn said very specifically she wanted Indigenous people to be a part of, and rarely do I hear that oh, in the industry. You know, um, it's 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 a blessing for sure to be a part of this. Thank you. It's good. Thanks, Liz. Would you say a couple words about that course through University of Alberta? Because I just think people listening may want to know more about it yeah oh I, I, a friend of mine out east actually had mentioned that um that university of alberta had um uh it's a 12-week course and it's free yeah and it's it's online so you can just sign up for it and take it as you as you wish um i kind of did it in chunks because i i work full-time as well and it's all audio um, they do have some quizzes throughout, so you do have to pay attention, but it's um, excellent presenters. They're all Indigenous. Like, it goes through history, it goes through um, different cultures, like different, the history, the culture, the foods, mm -hmm. the mm -hmm. way of living. It just, everything, when it comes to First Nations, Inuit, Métis, it's really wonderfully done. Yeah. And um, I would recommend it to everybody. But yeah, it's in Indigenous Studies through U of A. That's great. And I did put it on our worksheet that um, yes. Stephen had made yeah, up yeah. here. There's a link to it. So Yeah, maybe we'll let that be the recommendation after this. Uh, I'm just looking up the name of it here. That's right. It's The course is called Indigenous Canada. 12-session massive open online course from the Faculty of Native Studies. Explores different histories and contemporary perspectives of Indigenous peoples living in Canada. Cool. My grandpa took it about a year ago. Oh, okay. I should say, my kid's grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> my father-in-law. <laughs> yeah. Is there, so that works. You know, grandpa. He, he's grandpa. He's grandpa and grandma. He's not my grandpa. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. <laughs> You're not that old. <laughs> But it's something like for me, who's 
who's now reclaiming who I am yeah. Yeah. and I'm so proud of it and it's just um, seeing that and it's like knowing now my family's history mm-hmm. and then like when when they speak about the Métis and how like they had to move because of you know the the buffalo is being hunted and they're being extinguished mm-hmm. and it's like that's the trail of where my family went mm. you know it's trying to trying to follow the buffalo mm-hmm. yeah it's it's really well done yeah, yeah really well done that's great thank you any other thoughts can you repeat the question yeah the question was how, how has telling this story affected the ways you see other people or what the phrase all my relations means to you uh, so I think that this production is a really good example of um, Indigenous and allies coming together to, you know, create something really meaningful and special. And just to have the, you know, this amazing talent. And I'm glad that all of the the roles were casted the way they were, with Indigenous actors. and. Having indigenous leadership, amazing Dawn Bird, who I love working with, and she's such a great wealth of knowledge in the film industry, and so really thankful for that. And and like I said, um, you know, having the allies work on this production is is really important, and I really hope that we see more of that in the future, because right now we're still we're still healing, I think, as indigenous people. Yeah. Um, but I do see us thriving, and it's only going to get better. Mm-hmm. And so we really need those allies um, as mentors. I might add, us non-indigenous people are, need to heal too, and that's—I mean—that that, that's part of part of my own journey of like, I want to grow and learn, and I want to. I want to be an ally in a good way, and I want to be connected to the peoples of this land, and 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 be in in good friendships and work together. Yeah. Oh, that's really nice to hear too. Like you know, because then maybe that invites other other people to do that. I know my husband is not indigenous; he's very white, and it's like so you know trying to trying to show him and trying to teach him and trying to get him involved has has been difficult but he's more accepting of it now this year than he was last year so it's just gonna get better because i don't stop i'm just gonna keep coming at him because yes i'm portuguese but i'm also indigenous as well and so he he's got to respect both parts of me yeah So I applaud you for doing that. I think opportunities like these help to pave the road for Indigenous people who don't know how to get on the road. And then if they know people who've done it, then it helps them step forward and try out and be brave. And Because I'm going to tell you, I mean, I, I know so many Indigenous, I know so many Indigenous individuals who are so talented and have so much to offer, but they're, they just will not take the step forward to, to uh, tackle or, you know, there right? Or, uh-huh. They just, uh-huh. it's like, you have to go find them and say, come with me. <laughs> you, know, you just gotta like take charge and say, it's, you know, like, 
you have so much to offer and you know you just need to come forward and 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 then just be a part of this project or whatever it is that you have a slight interest in like i find that um, of the indigenous people that I have grown up around and people that I know and friends and family, they're almost borderline shy, like almost afraid to like say, I'm good at something, you know, like, I, I mean, just recently I was hired on a project separate from this one where I was asked to acquire resumes and CVs from indigenous people who may, may be interested in working in television and film. And I was going to all the people that I know, I don't even know what they can do. And I was like, um, just, you know, tell me, what can you do? Oh, yeah, but, and they downplay everything. And I'm like, no, that's fantastic. I'm so happy to hear that. No, that's great. Oh, my gosh, you know more than so-and-so who I've been working with for the last five years. When have you been doing this? How have you felt? How have you had time? Well, I just do it on my own, and I just learn on my own, and I just, you know, and, I, and it just drives me crazy, so I force them. I'm like, no, I need to know all of this information. I have to have it all written down. I want to know all the equipment that you own, any kind of experience you have, anything you've done on your own. Like, I just, like, I have to pull this information out of them and force them to put it into, like, a one- or two-page CV and then hand it to me embarrassingly. Like, don't be embarrassed about these. Like, this is amazing stuff. Like, so I feel like I'm an advocate for Indigenous people because they will not be an advocate for themselves in a lot of cases. And I, and I, I just, it, I don't understand. Well, I do understand it, actually. Uh, but that goes way back. That's a different, different discussion. But um, it excites me because when I am hired to get on a project like this, then I can come back and I can say, well, I worked on this, I've done this, and... And do you want to be a part of this? And then just like, it's like baby steps. You just kind of get them involved in different ways. And then they start to um, gain knowledge that they may not have had before. And then they start to realize, I actually feel good in this role. I, I enjoy doing this. I want more of this. And and I think that needs to happen all the way around. I, I want to be able to look at film crews and, and theater productions um, and hear podcasts and watch commercials where, you know, Half the people are indigenous and nobody notices. Mm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Because it's, it's normal. Isn't right. that that feeling? That, um, <laughs> yeah. They deserve that too. Absolutely. Yes. Like, yeah. Those opportunities don't come often, I guess. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm super excited. Like, this, this is amazing. Like, and, and there's, there's so much more to come. And like you said, it's a work in progress and it's happening. Yeah. Any other thoughts? Any last thoughts anyone has? I don't want to cut it off. I also want to let you out of here when we plan to. Kristen's sneezing. That's okay. I'm so tired. Yeah. <laughs> Joelle, did you have any last thoughts? No, I don't think I have anything else. I'm just so, so excited and so grateful that you were all able to gather to record this thing. And I can't wait for myself and everyone else to hear it. I just hope to see um, more of these productions in the future where it's mostly made up of indigenous talent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I was blown away by this. Obviously like, I know Nicole really well and I know Dawn really well. And, and so it's just, it, it's amazing. like Kristen, the way that you picked up, like Godsend. <laughs> like it's like, you didn't even, you know, you just started reading and I'm like, there she is, you know, 
it just and and you are are I mean she's like a celebrity. She's kind of telling us about some of her stuff, but it's wonderful to oh I've read up truly <laughs> cool. it's it like. I feel honored to to work with you and Sam. Like you just bring your chill vibe to it and my pork chop. Yeah, <laughs> pork chop. Yeah. So I just I feel really blessed to be a part of this. And thank you for writing in Miglech in the in the play. Like every time I say that, like I look up in the sky, you know, and I and it yeah, it just touched me. Yeah. We Treaty People is a production of Burnt Thicket Theatre. Support our work with a donation and learn more about the artists at burntthicket.com. And check out our website or the episode description for links to other great learning resources. Special thanks go to the Canada Council for making this project possible. And to our season sponsors, Shercom Industries and SK Arts. This work was gratefully created on Treaty 6 territory and on the homeland of the Métis. Join us next time for another audio drama episode of We Treaty People.